Everybody has urges. Animals got them. Cats, dogs, they have like the urge to bark and meow and chase things and all that. And humans also have that as well. When we get hungry, we have the urge to eat. When we get tired, we have the urge to sleep. Like Terogomi said in probably his defining work, everybody poops and everybody has the urge to poop. But my question is, is temptation and urges the same thing? No. But I want to preface um, my answer by saying that I myself am not a clinical psychologist. I am not a board certified sociologist. I don't have any of those credentials. Um, and this really is more my observational opinion than anything else. And, and I think it's important that I preface with that statement um, because a lot of the voices we hear act like they're experts on a subject and they're not. And this is not something I'm an expert on by any reach of the imagination. Um, if I were to say that I had any authority, it's only because I read so much about so much. That's it. Now, that being said, I say that they're not the same because urges... are something that are intrinsically wired into a living being. Like, and they are things that we share as right. living beings. Like, we all have the urge to eat. We, we all have the urge to sleep. Yes. I mean, and outside of that, like, for people who don't have the urge to eat or have... A perversion of that urge be it um, gluttony or anorexia mm -hmm. it's again it's it's a it's 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 an urge in and of itself it's not necessarily a temptation temptation is of an inside source and urges from within so it's changing it at the focal point the, okay. the origin of it right so mm -hmm. An urge is something that is, for the most part, um, uncontrollable. It's it's a natural occurring thing. Okay. Like you said in Tara Gomi's seminal work, everybody poops. Like, you can fight that urge, and there are complications that erupt because of that urge, mm -hmm. and they're detrimental to self in a physical way. Whereas temptation, uh, more often than not, isn't necessarily a, a physical ramification or uh, complication or, you know, byproduct of itself. 
but rather a psychological one. Mm. So they're similar, though. There's similarities, so much as apples and oranges are both fruit. Okay. Fair enough. Both Does that them, make sense? Yeah, both of them are fruit. They're both sweet, but they're both entirely different. Yeah. Different things on their own. And so, like, the urge, you have urges, like, your body urges itself to respirate and to breathe. Mm -hmm. And you can control that for a while, but after a while, the urge takes over and you breathe again. And it needs to be satisfied. And, it, and it's not necessarily that it's a satisfaction, as is, as so much as it's just part of the makeup of who you are in existence. Mm. You know, that's why we have autonomic systems. Am I using that word correctly? Yes, systems that yeah. our body has that we have no real no control real over. Control over. Like, like the your, flow of our blood. Exactly. Your heartbeat, your breathing, mm -hmm. you know, breathing basic... Is, breathing is like kind of one, but we can still control that. For only brief periods of time. Like, you can hold your breath, but you can't hold your breath forever. That's true. So, and even in... in in extreme cases like sleep apnea where you stop breathing while you're sleeping, your body will do things to start you breathing again. Mm -hmm. it, it only isn't until that system fails that you really actually stop breathing. Mm. And that in that system failing, you are terminal and thus Die. eventually dead. Yep. That is what happens. Yeah. Whereas temptation lies in an outside source an it, outside source yeah and, and and we need to be really specific because when when christians talk about temptation we're always talking about one thing doing it yeah we're talking about sex always 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 which is it's probably narrow-minded I, I wouldn't say it's narrow-minded it's just a It's a mirror into how cloistered the culture and mindset of particularly American Christianity can be. Because temptation comes in a innumerable uh, number of ways. And it, it doesn't just pertain to human sexuality or the human sexual experience, yet we have relegated it to chiefly that one thing. So much so that we have in entire works uh, written about avoiding temptation and its primary focus is sexual sin. Um, we have conferences that we bring our young people to that every year, year after year, year after year, there's there's a part of it. There's there's something that we talk about, and then it, it's always like, all right, we're gonna separate the boys and the girls, and da da da. We're gonna talk about purity and avoiding sexual sin and temptation, and how women should walk with modesty, even though Jesus says, you know, 
yo, Jesus, what happens when I see, you know, a bad mama walking around? Jesus goes, well, just poke your eye out. I guess you just gotta <laughs> make yourself blind. Yeah. If your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. You know. Of, of course, he's speaking in allegory, but... Of course. But, yeah, that's something that... that it, it's always been a frustration of mine, personally. Mm-hmm. Mostly because we tell our young folks... And I'm saying young folks because now I feel old. I'm going to be 35 this year. Which really isn't that old, but when you work predominantly with, you know, 13 to 17 year olds being twice their age can make you feel old real quick um but the language that's used is like oh you need to stay pure and we say things like that we just you know you need to see yourself for who you are and keep yourself pure and blah 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 and we don't give any practical applications to that Mm. and the big thing is is that we tell people to fight an urge while treating it like a temptation and then look at temptation and don't give us the tools to avoid falling into it. Mm. Because the biggest thing is when talking about temptation is it's not necessarily the act that happens after you give in to temptation that's the sin. It's the willing choice to give in to the temptation. Ooh. And and it's, this is this is backed up it's because not the action. It's it's the actual It's the thought it's the that thought allows of... you to complete it. Mm-hmm. And the reason I say that is because Jesus himself said, um, if you, even if you've lusted in your mind, you have sinned. Even if you hate your brother, you have committed murder. Mm-hmm. Those are big things. Yeah, murder is pretty serious. Yeah, and so it's, and what Jesus is actually alluding to is it's not the action necessarily that is sinful. And while it is, you have sinned before you sinned. <laughs> this is how insidious sin is. Oh, great. You know? How fun. Now, ultimately, the question is, how does one combat that? Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, it's difficult. The prophets tell us to set up guideposts and signs so that we don't fall away. And I think it, the biggest way, myself personally, and the gentlemen um, that I mentor, uh, and I try to teach them and mirror to them, um, is to find people that you can be so honest with that... When they see you, they can see that you're you're thinking about playing with fire. Mm. You don't even you haven't even flicked the bick yet. You're like you're looking at the bick, and they're like, 
I see you. I see you. I see you. And I think that's the biggest way to, to fight temptation. And it's not based upon shame. It's not based upon um, feelings of being less than because one has fallen into their own stupidity. Mm-hmm. And that, that's, that, that in and of itself is a statement. Um, side note, I'm going to make this statement. Nine times out of ten, the temptation that you fall into is not the enemy tempting you. It's you just being dumb. Yep, that sounds about right. Because listen, man, and a little bit of my, I'm trying not to bring my backpack into the, into the conversation. I'm just trying to give you the flask with the water. It's hard for a guy, and this is where I, I really think about, you know, Jesus saying, you know, poke your eye out. Because you can go to church on Sunday and, you know, church is filled with some bad ones, man. And it's not even, and what's crazy is like, it's not like they're they're dressed in a, in a provocative way. Uh, for me, it's, it's their faithfulness. And I'm just like, man, that's a bad, whew. She bad, man. And not bad, you, you know what I mean. Not bad in a bad way, but bad in a good way. Yeah. Yeah. It's and, wicked. It's cool. It's sick. It's nasty. All those weird words we use to mean good, but yeah. in literal sense mean bad. And the thing is, is that the temptation exists because I make a cognitive decision to focus my thoughts on that thing, right? And since we're talking about temptation and we're both Christian men, Mm -hmm. I'm going to say it again. I'll say it always and always and always. When we talk about temptation, we're talking about human sexuality for whatever reason. Because you could be tempted to steal, you could be tempted to uh, cause violence, you could be tempted to, you know, covet something that someone else has. Mm -hmm. But in Christianity, especially, well, predominantly in Christianity, we're talking about human sexuality and sexual sin. It's almost like, well, we think of it as the chiefest of sins. And I think it comes in America from our Puritan background, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't think people realize how much that culture um, in the beginning stages of the United States um, really, really affected um, the Christian landscape. And, and while the Puritans um, themselves were, in my opinion, theological titans, some of the most phenomenal works came from that era mm-hmm. um, and and briefly before it um, they got some things a little wonky especially I mean the Salem witch trials um, that's one but predom- like again it seems like predominantly is my favorite word of the day predominantly it was their it was their hyper focus on human sexuality And Paul 
Paul kind of explains how to combat it. He goes, he says, uh, in one of his in one of his letters, I pray that you all be like me. And he was talking about being single mm-hmm. and um, chaste. Uh, and he goes, but I understand that that's just, that's just not the way that most of you are wired. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, for those of you with burning passions, uh, find yourself someone. Find a husband, find a wife, so that those passions aren't run wild. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and he says that because, and one of, and this is really one of the reasons why I think we were so again, aside from Puritanism, um, and one of the reasons they were so hyper focused on it, is because it, it it is a very destructive force. Absolutely, um, it can be extremely beneficial. It can be extremely healthy. I mean, mm-hmm. human sexuality and sexual expression, um, in a a very very real way, um, is a very healthy thing. It's very beneficial to um, the psychological state of an individual but in so much as it is a good thing too much of a good thing can be a bad thing too that's true and too much of a good thing with the wrong thing can be a very bad thing Mm. now that's just talking about sexuality we're not talking about sexual orientation or anything like that we're just talking about human sexuality Wow. Yeah, Side so. note, it is early. <laughs> um, I woke up like an hour ago. Got to take a breather after that I one. I got to take a breather after that one. I Ooh, said a lot. That yeah. was... <laughs> uh. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, let's take a step back real quick. Please. Uh, and, I'll, and I'll ask, what is a temptation? Like I said, a temptation is, is of an outside source. I am in the process of actively trying to quit smoking. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is not a fun nor easy venture. Um, cigarettes in and of themselves are an outside source. Okay. Right. It's not something that I generate from within myself. Um and the addiction to nicotine, which we'll, we'll, we'll call it what it is, an addiction, um, has become an internal source, right? But it's not naturally occurring. It's something that has developed over time, mm-hmm. right? When I walk into a convenience store to buy a drink and I see uh, the packs of cigarettes, I'm like, man... I would really, it'd be, I would really love a cigarette right now. Those, the you know, I have the uh, urge to have nicotine, which I have other ways. I, you know, I have my little vaporizer nicotine delivery device. It works, it works really well. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's no replacement for a cigarette. I'm going to be 100% honest with that. Anyone who tells you, oh, it's just like a cigarette, it's full of, Bunk boohoo. It is not the same. And this is not, uh, in this is not condoning. This is not condoning cigarettes. This is not condoning smoking. Uh, if you're listening to this and you're young, 
and you're thinking, uh, maybe I'd like to use a, a jewel or some type of vaporizer or something like that, um, and start using nicotine, you're stupid. Don't do it. it. I've been stuck on this stupid thing for over 20 years, and it is not nice. Um, and it is very difficult mm. to quit. And, and to be able to like admit that it is an addiction uh, in and of itself is <sighs> big. I've been able to quit everything else. I've quit drinking. I've quit, you know, doing drugs. I've quit messing around with women. But the one thing I've never been able to actually put down is nicotine. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a huge uh, stopper in my life. And I think it's something that I really need to actively battle against, wage war against, so mm-hmm. that I can be free of it. Uh, because it is detrimental. Um, I'll make excuses. I do have uh, a neurological condition that um, the nicotine does help with motor function a little bit, but uh, I think the withdrawals compound the issue and make it worse Mm. um, rather than just living to, like learning to cope with um, not being 100% when it comes to being able to use my hands and communicate and things like that. But I also believe in a God who supernaturally and miraculously heals and restores. And so I pray that, you know, as I quit um, and as I walk away from this, God miraculously restores me to part of the intended design. So I don't have this condition um, that, that affects my uh, motor cortex and affects my ability to pick up things and things like that and talk so, that aside again I go on these tangents and I apologize um, when I walk into a convenience store and I see the cigarettes I can make a choice in that moment I have the free agency as a uh, created being operating within the rules and parameters of creation to choose whether or not to buy that pack of cigarettes or not to indulge or divulge to indulge indulge or abstain abstain right and sometimes i buy the pack of cigarettes i'm not gonna lie before you came over i was smoking my last cigarette you know there's no shame like I'm not I refuse to fall into shame when it comes to it Uh, but there's there's a choice that I can make you know am I going to buy this pack of cigarettes or am I going to get what I came here for and leave because I never go there with the expressed Intent, intent to, to buy cigarettes it. because I have these things. I, I, I buy these things so that I don't. And that's in reference to. That's in reference. Like I buy, I use jewels, and it's not to like, you know, promote jewel or anything like that. But I use another type of nicotine delivery device, and um, and I can make a choice whether or not to buy the cigarette. 
So while the urge to smoke has been developed over time because of the addiction that the nicotine mm-hmm. causes, the temptation comes from the actual fork in the road decision mm-hmm. that you have to make. Mm-hmm. And when we in indulge in that temptation actively put in our mind that i am going to do this thing that is the moment when we step into that temptation and that's the moment we step into and that's such a a light um explanation of it yes Mm. um like you're not born an alcoholic but through time can develop alcoholism and thus get the urge to drink Mm. it's a learned response you can train yourself in urges just as much as but they become internal processes does that make this does that yes you get like there's no bottle of jack daniels mm-hmm. sitting inside you right you know the bottles on the shelf you, and you can choose to open it or close or not mm-hmm. now it what happened what becomes detrimental is when those urges align with temptation Mm. right like the addict um it's when the outside sources become internalized um so alcoholics you're not born that way um and the idea that someone is born with a predilection to addiction uh, i i can see it i don't necessarily agree with it but again I'm not a clinical psychologist, so I can't assert that from any degree of uh, professional standing or mm-hmm. authority. Um, but once your body is used to a certain thing, depriving it of that thing, the body thinks now that it needs it to survive. Mm-hmm. And it's not necessarily physiological as much as it is psychological. Like I said before, urges in and of themselves mostly are physiological, while temptations are psychological, right? The difference between mind and body. And throughout studies, we've learned that that addiction isn't necessarily, outside of certain... uh, exceptions um, where certain drugs change the chemical makeup of the brain drastically like methamphetamine or opiates Um, most certainly methamphetamines Um, the ability to stay clean from methamphetamines the success rate is extremely low because it so drastically changes the actual physiological makeup of the brain um, that it cannot function normally without the that influence of the amphetamines mm. um, you literally cook the uh, dendrites in your brain and the chemical risk like the neurotransmitter receptors in your brain so that the only way that it functions any type of normal way is with the introduction of that amphetamine right in massive quantities because that's what methamphetamine is it's a massive amphetamine boost and there have been studies done papers written in the new england journal of medicine in the american uh 
psychological association association you know every, everything there, there are tons of paperwork uh, papers that you can cite that quantify and substantiate um, the statement that I just made mm-hmm. but those types of urges the ones that are conditioned rather than naturally naturally occurring mm-hmm. are still psychological in in their aspect while there are physiological ramifications like nicotine addiction um, the nicotine binds to the it doesn't just work as a neurotransmitter, but it also uh, binds itself to the myelin sheathing of the nerves That's and neurons nice. themselves um, and acts as a go-between as well to increase. So it increases the speed at which signals yes. can fire between neurons. Absolutely. Ah. Mm. So there are physiological ramifications to addiction. Yes. Ah. But it is in its detrimental as methamphetamine. Um, allow me a second to regain my thought process. You're just doing wind sprints right there. Yeah, I was. I was doing wind sprints. It's <laughs> <laughs> a lot of information, real quick, and I apologize. Um, The urge comes from the body saying this is something I need, mm-hmm. while the temptation comes from saying this is something you want. And when you believe that something you want is something you need, that is when you give into it. That's when you give into it. In American Christianity, one of the reasons why sexual sin is talked about so much is because the culture tells you that you need that to be a normal functioning human being. And it's just a want. We talked about relationships a couple weeks ago. Yeah. You can have a cake without icing. You don't need icing. It's nice to have, but you don't need it. But everybody wants cake. Yes. (laughs) Everybody wants cake. It's a big subject, talking about temptation and urge. And I think that this is something we're going to have to revisit. Um, because I think all the subjects we've talked about so far, we're going to revisit. Absolutely. They're too big to tackle in just 50 minutes alone. Yeah. <laughs> um, there are whole seminars built on these things. Whole exactly. Series that pastors build that go for weeks on end. about Years. One, yeah, Here, they're years. They're an entire ministries. 
built on uh, battling temptation. Um, and it's not something you can just give an, a, an open... And this is something that, that, that bothers me. Um, going back to, you know, talking about purity and things like that, is one of the biggest struggles that I had in my life was I was told, um, you can't, you can't, you can't, you can't, you can't. But no one really gave me the tools to not. And I think that that's super important. You can't tell someone to avoid sexual temptation and not tell them how to actively avoid sexual temptation or how to, I had to learn to not look at women as objects of my sexual desire. I had to learn to look at them in a different lens. And we're not, we're telling people how to look at them in a different lens, but then we're not teaching people how to look through that lens or how to find the lens in which to look through. Mm. We're just saying, you need to see these women as your sisters. Well, there is a perversion of human sexuality um, called incest, and it's real. There's a whole category of that on <coughs> other <Yeah>. websites. <laughs> <laughs> on the websites. I mean, and that's, that's how, you know, de not deviant, but devious mm. um, human sexuality can be is we have entire genres of uh, pornography to all sorts of proclivities. Mm. Um, and that in and of itself is a whole other conversation. Yes. But we don't... We're not giving people the ammunition. It's like handing someone a gun without bullets. What are you going to do? pistol whip it to death like come on you know or handing someone you know a sword and a hilt but there's no sword in there it's just the hilt and scabbard Oof. you know what i mean we're not giving people the, the the weaponry they need to combat against their own stupidity and i'm gonna call it as i see it spades a spade um Nine times out of ten, when, when you give in a temptation, it's because you're being an idiot. Whether you're a man or a woman. You know that it's like when I go to the convenience store, mm -hmm. I know that I should not buy that pack of cigarettes. But I'm going to be an idiot and I'm going to buy that pack of cigarettes. Mm. Ta-da! It's my own stupidity. It's not, you know, Satan... Listen, I'm not imp so important that Satan is going to focus his day in that moment on me. He's not omnipotent. He's not omnipresent. He's not omniscient. He doesn't know, oh, Tim's going to the convenience store at 5.35 today. I'm going to be there to tempt him. No. It doesn't work that way. <laughs> that gives him too much credit. Uh, yeah. And that's the other thing, too. Uh, and I, I know we're talking about temptation. We're talking about urges, but... Man, we give him way too much credit. And I remember, was it a conversation I was having with you? I think it was. Okay. When we were talking about, you know, this is a nugget. Right after this, I think we should we should uh, end this discussion. Yeah. This is a nugget for another conversation. I'm going to drop a gem on you. 
The sin of Lucifer was not just wanting to be God. It was wanting to receive the same glory that God receives. And I want you to think about this. Maybe the way that Satan thinks he's winning that game is that he has billions of Christians convinced that every time they make a mistake, it's his doing and not our own. Mm. And in doing so, Satan is stealing the glory in a way from God because we're giving him credit rather than giving God glory. Oof. So that's a nugget right there. You can find us on social media. <laughs> um, we are on SoundCloud at the moment. Uh, we are in the process of uh, getting sure. on different platforms: different. iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, all that good stuff. Yeah. You will see us there in the near future. So, as I posted on social media before. Um, one of our one of the things Eric and I endeavor to do is um, provide for you quality content um, for your listening enjoyment. And to do so uh, takes some time, takes effort. Mm-hmm. And uh, so while we're exploring that, um, SoundCloud only allows a certain amount of time uh, for us to do that. So we're going to be changing our hosting and providing this on more platforms for you. Um, so at the moment, you can find us on Facebook at Just Eric and the Preacher. Mm-hmm. And you that's about where you're going to find us at the moment. Um, we're restructuring our social media. Uh, and It's a learning process. It's a learning process. We're new at this. Um, but we, again, we want to be able to provide you with, with quality content. Um, and so I know myself, but from just Eric and the preacher, uh, we thank you for listening um, and hope that you could take away a couple things from this one this week.